Disclaimer, all views expressed on this podcast represent the host and his guests, and not the companies or agencies they are associated with. Welcome to Tony's Game Lounge, a weekly podcast that covers gaming news, upcoming releases, and topics from all aspects in the gaming industry. Kick back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to a brand new episode of Tony's Game Lounge. I'm your host, Tony Erickson, and joining me this week, my good streamer friend, been here since season one, he's back today, it's Sir Wiggles the Great. Hello. Hello. How you doing? I'm doing pretty swell. Aside from us being tired, because this is probably one of the earliest recording times that we've done this podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. Got got it. bright and early, 8.30 in the morning, because scheduling is a pain. It is. It legit is. But you know what? We're here. We're recording. And it's a, it's a good, we got a fun episode today. Um, speaking of fun episodes, let's start off with our first topic of the day in the startup screen. E3! It is legit a month away. Oh, crap. That's coming up. Yeah. It's that time of year already. It is. It's that time of year. One month until E3. And we have a couple stories about E3 that I want to run over real quick. Um, the virtual event, um, sign up, uh, to, like attend it virtually uh, will be sometime this month. They didn't give specific dates, uh, but you can sign up for free and attend it for basically free because, you know, it's all online, so why would they charge? Which, good on you, E3. Uh, I know that some like to charge, but yeah, you could just sign up for free and go and attend whatever you want, basically. Ooh, which is dope. Yeah, and I'm considering doing that if I'm, depending on, like, how I'm working that weekend. Um... Also, uh, EA Play is set for July 22nd, which is why EA really isn't at this year's E3. Um, So that's a big reason on that. And as we, of course, know, Sony also is not at E3 this year. Uh, However, that doesn't mean they won't be making announcements later this summer, as Jeff Keighley has announced that Summer Games Fest will be returning this year as well. Which was basically our savior for last year, with the lack of an E3. Um, it's coming back, so we're going to see more presentations after E3 come the month of later June, July, and August. So we have that to look forward to as well. A whole summer worth of games, game announcements, and all that fun jazz, which is always great. You'll love to see it. Um, so I got some E3 questions I want to just run over real quick. What are you hoping to see this year, Tyler? Something original. (laughs) (laughs) If you've been on the podcast before, you've definitely heard me complain about how gaming, modern AAA gaming, has become super stagnant. So I want to see something new and cool. Cyberpunk, to me, was like the coolest thing that came out and, you know, arguable about its release. It's still a super fun game, and it, it was original, so... Something seeing something original would be fantastic. Uh, yeah, I'm yeah, definitely, absolutely. I would love to uh, see something like that. I'm excited, of course, because I believe and I'm pretty sure we'll be getting at least one of the last two character reveals for Smash Bros. 
Um, and most likely the last one will be in the winter. So I'm expecting at least one Smash character reveal. Um, I'm I'm really looking forward to Sega and what they'll be announcing. Um, since they're now on the panel list, uh, I want I was uh, going through something last night, and there was an article that I saw that read the headline. Apparently, uh, Jet Set Radio and Crazy Taxi, like Sega said, like yeah, they wouldn't be they'd be down to like you know remake uh, some of these old classics that they got, um, and a lot of them were like Dreamcast era games. And I'm like, well, what if they did a thing where they release all these Dreamcast era games in like one bundle, call it like the Sega Dreamcast Collection? And it's like basically HD. So you have Jet Set, Crazy Taxi, Space Channel 5, and both Sonic Adventures. See, that'd be, pre- that'd be pretty cool. That would be pretty cool. I, I That would be dope because it would also put Sonic Adventure 1 and 2 on the modern consoles. Which are, argu- which are obviously two of my favorite Sonic games of all time. Of the old Sonic games. Of like modern Sonic, of, if you go back and listen to the episode we did with Dion... Uh, I believe I said Sonic Generations, probably one of my all-time favorite modern Sonic games. So that makes sense. Yeah, good times. Um, to, uh, next question I got: Will you be attending virtually to catch it live, or will you just go back to the vods and w- to watch all the press conferences? Uh, depends if I'm working or not. Yeah, I, and that's the same with myself. Like, I would love. I always try to c- do my best to catch the shows live. I, especially last year, I was able to catch, like, I think all of them except, like, one or two live because I wasn't working. <laughs> yes, I was basically working through the whole thing. I think I caught one live because my boss wasn't paying attention, so I watched it work, but... <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's going to be... It's definitely going to be a lot different this year because now that I have a job, I'm like, oh, man, I can't just sit down and do nothing but watch these conferences. Sag. But, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. Um, And if you're wondering, hey, even though it's a month out, why are we talking about this? Well, it's because I'm here to make a formal announcement about our E3 episode. <gasps> yes, that's right. So, they ha- it's happening on the weekend of June 12th and 13th up to a certain date. I can't remember the exact dates, but I think June 12th was around the starting point. Um, that weekend will be a regular episode. There won't be any E3 talk because the following week we'll be doing a whole E3 recap covering every single detail that was announced, rating the show, all of that. Uh, we'll most likely be joined by two guests to help cover it, but I don't know who yet. So, uh, it'll be a surprise when we get there. So look forward to that that is the weekend of june 19th that we'll be recording so it should be a release around the 21st i believe if i'm correct let me just briefly check my calendar yeah oh yep the june 20 the june 21st episode uh which will also coincidentally be my birthday episode as well because again june 19th uh, birthday episode the birthday episode and the e3 recap which will mostly be e- e- E3 recap because it it's going to be big this year. I have a feeling. Um, so yeah, for all the coverage, if you want to hear it a week later after you know reading everything on all the correlating sites that already cover E3, hey, come over to the podcast and listen to that. It'll be a swell time. 
a swell time. Mm, swell. Um, and that's it for the startup screen. With that, we're now going to jump into the game releases and the news that happened this past week. It is the Week in Review. This Week in Review, a look back at top headlines and stories from the gaming world. And this past week, uh, some of the games that came out, we had the Famicom Detective Club games. There were two of them. Uh, nice little old games that used to be Japan only that are now in the West, HDified, looking great, and I'm debating picking them up because they're kind of similar to Rampandang Man, just like on the visual novel side, but and they're just mysteries. So, uh, might play them. Don't know yet, though. I'm probably going to hold off because I'm still playing through two games right now, which are, of course, Borderlands 3 and Horizon Zero Dawn. Uh, so maybe get there when we get there. Uh, Subnautica Below Zero also came out this past week. Uh, the, the sequel to Subnautica, even though it's a standalone game, it's not really tied in story-wise. So now you can swim on the frozen planet with penguin-like creatures and avoid a lot more things that can try to kill you. I thought that game was already out, <laughs> to be honest, but I have... I think it was in its alpha phases on PC, but it's now available everywhere. Yeah, because it was released back in 2019. Oh, yeah, I think that was alpha for PC, or it was just PC. I don't remember. Okay, it could have came out on consoles now. Yeah, it's it's out on everything now, so. And, of course, the big game that we'll be talking about a little bit later in the podcast, Mass Effect Legendary Edition. I'm so excited. So excited! We'll be talking about that a bit later in this podcast, so hold on to your seats. In the news department, however, Katy Perry released her new song, Electric. And why is this important? Because Pikachu and Pichu are in the video. They sold themselves out, dang it! Yeah. Uh, I believe Nintendo, like, earlier this year during the Pokemon Direct, said, Oh yes, also, look forward to Katy Perry's new song, Soon, featuring Pikachu. And we were just like, okay. I mean, and honestly, that is kind of cool that Pokemon's is like hitting mainstream music. Yeah, it was actually really cool. Honestly, the song's not awful. Um, considering me not liking a lot of modern day music that comes from the pop industry, it wasn't awful. So, if you like Katy Perry, it's a it's a it's a good Katy Perry song. I'll say that much. Woo-hoo. Considering, I think most of her music has definitely gone down the shitter, especially her last album or her last songs that were on the radio, absolute trash. Um, in unsettling photos news, photos have been revealed of Resident Evil Village's protagonist Ethan Winters, and man, does he look average! Well, uh, I mean, does he have to? not look average i mean no not not at all but people are like man this is kind of unsettling to see the man who's kind of been faceless this whole time for two games now yeah well he has a rich story and now he's missing half his hand (laughs) is that a spoiler from eight or is that a spoiler from seven I don't even remember. I was watching it. <laughs> well, watching spoil- well, spoiler alert if that happened in Village. If not, if it happened in 7, then never mind. Um, in controller news, the PlayStation 5 DualSense controllers now have two new colors, Midnight Black and Cosmic Red. 
yes. gritty. Uh, very spacey, because that's basically how the PlayStation 5 is. It's the new space console. Uh, yeah, if I was in console gaming, I'm not, unfortunately. But I, I'd probably pick that up, just because I like pretty colors. Space. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in a sm- slight E3, but not really E3 news, the Wholesome Direct, put on by Wholesome Games, will be showcasing 75 indie titles on their June 12th livestream presentation. Uh, it's not a part of E3, I don't believe, so uh, it's just some showcase of indie, wholesome indie games, so you have that to look forward to as well. Uh, Destiny 2 accidentally launched crossplay on Tuesday. However, by now I believe they took it out because it isn't ready fully yet for full release. Uh, so, uh, Destiny 2 players can look forward to crossplay soon. In remaster news, Zombies Ain't My Neighbors and Ghoul Patrol are getting Mother Day remasters. Uh, and those come out later in June, I believe it said. Or July. One of the two. In livestream news, Dragon Quest's 35th anniversary livestream will be happening on May 27th at 9pm Mountain, 11pm Eastern. And then from there you can do your calculations. That game's still going? Oh, Dragon Quest? <laughs> no, Dragon Quest is the franchise. Yeah, okay. And, uh, you know, it's like one of the most popular RPGs out there. I know nothing about this genre of game. <laughs> okay, so... What you're going to do, because it's on Steam, you're going to go download Dragon Quest XI Echoes of an Elusive Age and play it. Because it's a phenomenal game. I'm opening Steam. Turn-based RP- It's a turn-based RPG with uh, the art style of Dragon Ball Z because he's the basically the main artist for the games, for the entire franchise. Um, so uh, it's a great, phenomenal game. Probably one of my favorite RPGs in a long time. It's... Oh, no, the demo's free. Uh, yes, the demo's like eight hours. That's uh, that's a little expensive, but maybe I'll play the demo. It's an eight-hour demo, so you get a lot of you basically get like the whole first section of the game. Okay. Um, in DLC news, Activision has confirmed Rambo and Die Hard will be coming to Warzone. So, uh, yippee ki yay, motherfucker! So Bruce Willis and Sylvester Stallone are coming to Warzone. Yes. Huh. Neat. Uh, in Sega news Sega has stated in an interview they would like Atlas to release their games on more platforms going forward uh, which is kind of good if you are uh, a person who wants uh, Persona 5 on something that isn't the Playstation and only the Playstation so it might be coming to PC, PC soon. We'll probably get some more news on Atlas stuff at E3 as well, since, you know, they are owned by Sega. So cool nice. to see that. Uh, the team behind one of Roblox's most popular games have formed a studio called Uplift Games. Um, so if uh, I can't remember what it was called because Roblox to me is kind of very meh. Uh, but uh, very sandbox heavy and very development heavy. If you like, are on that side, and yeah, they just built a whole studio, so that's cool. 
can't wait to see what they do. Uh, be interesting to see. And lastly, uh, in the main news, Activision is no longer working with the voice actor of Ghost from Modern Warfare 2, uh, Jeff Leach, uh, as he was accused of sexism. Uh after making some sexist remarks, according to reports. So, okay. yeah. Well. You don't hear much about uh, sexist remarks nowadays. It's mostly racist remarks, but uh, yeah, still. Don't be either, gamers. Yeah, don't, don't be either. That's <laughs> all we gotta say this early in the morning. It's eight. It's 8.30 in the morning. Don't be racist. uh moving on to the draw of the deck in the world of tcg news in pokemon the chilling rain uh is still set for a june 18th release uh however getting it might be a bit tricky as target has ceased selling pokemon cards uh this comes after a fight in the states that led to a gun being drawn for said cards. Walmart has also suspended purchase as well. Um, so yeah, if you're a Pokemon card collector, be a better human being, please. Like, well, I mean, it's not really the collectors, it's the scalpers, let's be real here. Um, stop it. The fact that a scalper drew a gun on a scalper, most likely, is fucking, I find that funny. Because I think that that scalper who got the gun drew on it is probably taking his life choices. And the guy who drew the gun is sat in whatever cell he sat in for who knows how long. Getting detained. So. It's just wild to think that, man. Yeah, well. Yeah. (laughs) I I got no comment on that. Yeah. I know a Pokemon card is still a really big thing, but uh But yeah, it's well I mean it's gotten bad. Did you have you heard about the cereal? Damn. Have you heard that people are scalping cereal now? What? <laughs> no. Yeah, so last week we reported this. General Mills has uh, certain boxes that have Pokemon cards in them now. And people are scalping those. That's that's nuts. Yeah. Yeah. That's nuts. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Uh, in the world of Yu-Gi-Oh, uh, TCG releases coming up. Lightning Overdrive on June 4th. Egyptian God Dex, June 11th. King's Court, June 25th. Synchro Storm, July 15th. And Cyber Strike Deck on July 30th. And in the OCG, Burst of Destiny, July 17th. In Magic the Gathering news, esports for Magic the Gathering are currently coming to an end as they're about to be restructured. Um, this will be implemented after the next World Championship in October, which I think they're looking to do it in person if, you know, COVID is, we get that herd immunity as people are saying, uh, but it most likely will be online. And after that, they're redoing the format for it. And changing everything. Yeah, Magic the Gathering does that a lot because they make like new rules for the card game like every year. (laughs) Uh, And lastly, the dice is right in tabletop and board game news. Uh, Van Richen's Guide to Ravenloft, the D&D book, comes out May 18th 
And you can find the Dungeons and Dragons version of Slenderman in this book. This is also one of the biggest Dungeons and Dragons books uh, to date. So check that out. I know I will definitely try to check that out. And Pandemic Hot Zone Europe is now available for pre-order uh, from the same devs of Pandemic Hot Zone America. Uh, however, there is a free print-and-play version available for those who want to play the game early on paper. Uh, nice. And that's it for the news this week. Uh Switching over from news to games coming out, here are the games that should be on your radar. From AAA titles to upcoming indies, here's what should be on your radar. And these are from May 17th to the 23rd. On the Tuesday, Days Gone comes to the PC, Showrunner comes to the Switch, and Leisure Suit Larry Wet Dreams Dry Twice comes to the PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Switch. On Wednesday, Aerial Knights Never Yield comes out on everything. This was that indie platform runner that was shown off at the Nintendo Indie World Showcase recently. And Elite Dangerous Odyssey comes to the PC. On Thursday, The Wild at Heart comes on the Series X, Xbox One, and PC. Backwards comes to the Switch. Grand Casino Tycoon comes to the PC. Lacuna comes to the PC. Just Die Already comes to the PC, Switch, PS4 and Xbox One, Mayhem in a Single Valley, and Of Bird and Cage both come to the PC, and Bubble Bobble VR, Vacation Odyssey, heads over to the Oculus Quest. Lastly, on Friday, Knockout City, the Dodgeball 3-on-3 versus game comes to the PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC, Metopia comes to the Switch, and Rust goes to the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. There's actually some decent Really decent games coming out this week. Yeah, it's a lot of uh, a lot of games. Uh, decently sized, considering the past couple of weeks haven't been that many. Oh yeah, it, we're we're moving into close to those Steam summer sales and whatnot. So. Yeah. Um, thoughts about this week's games coming out? Uh, I haven't been an Elite Dangerous in a while, but Odyssey that that might be something to check out. What well, one of it's one of the many games that I just play on and off but nobody ever really sees me play it i know a little bit about that game because a good friend of the podcast uh x gauntlet uh plays elite dangerous at least he used to i know he used to i don't know if he still does and i know that it's uh the most realistic space travel game uh yeah it'd be comparable to star citizen without spending the egregious amounts of money yeah (laughs) Um, I'm excited for Knockout City. That game looks very promising. Uh, and the demo, I've heard a lot of things good about it. Or the beta, I guess, not the demo. Uh, Metopia, port from, uh, not really a port. They they added some new things, but uh, if you played that on 3DS, it's basically now on the Switch. Brand new. And Rust coming to the consoles, eh. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not a fan now the con- and now the consoles can enjoy the sheer toxic nature of the game Rust. Yeah, the cancer that is Rust. Though I really like Rust, I just don't like the people who play it. <laughs> the gameplay looks so fucking dry. Well, it, it's it's your kind of standard survival game, and then there's other stuff that you can do within it. Yeah, it's just to me the game looks dry, and you have a cancerous community. It's just like, eh. 
Yeah, yeah, that, that's a that fair. It's a big turnoff. <laughs> it's a big turnoff for me, Chief. Um, but yeah, those are the games coming out this week. Uh, and with that, it's time for us to jump into our main talking points for this week's episode. This week in the lounge. This week in the game lounge, Tony talks a variety of topics with his weekly guest. And Tyler, kick us off on our first topic. All right, our first topic. We're going to be talking Planet Side 2. Well, what is that? Well, it is an old ass game that's still going. So, how old is this game? Came out in 2012. Oh, wow. So, it yeah. is nine years, going nine years strong. Yeah. So, uh, Planet Side 2 is a sci-fi FPS with that focuses on very large-scale battles. Um, in the beginning of the game, way back in 2012, you could have... Well, even now, depending on the server that you're on, but you, you can have battles from up to, like, 500 people to 1,000. It's nuts. Jesus. Yeah, it, it's nuts. And there's a... Nowadays, I don't know about back then, because it's been so long since I've played back then. But uh, th- there's a big tactical element to it in certain parts of the community um, that we all play. And they, the game, just had a really, really big update. So what's, what does this update entail? So if you if you play or have been following Planetside, they've been releasing slowly kind of releasing out this campaign for the continent called Esamir. Esamir is a snowy, wintry content. Um the last update, there are two updates, I should say. Uh, they, what happened was called the Shattered Warp Gate. So one of the big warp gates that you would spawn at exploded. Oh. And and and, and caused a mess. Uh, so there was this big thing called you know, the the storm that was floating around. If you get caught in it, you could like get struck by like weird energized lightning, and it would blow up and destroy vehicles like nuts. This update, they removed the storm um, and added a bunch of stuff on the map called containment sites. And the quote-unquote lore here for it is that the storm energy is being siphoned into these big, big containment sites, so that's how they wrote out the storm because the community hated it. Like, yeah, it's kind of funny that the community hated it so much that the the company had to write a way to get out of it. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, so, yeah, the, the, the big map changes. These containment sites are actually huge. So when you're doing, you know, your standard base base combat, usually things are pretty small in comparison. No, these containment sites are huge and add a whole new combat element to the game. That is really, really interesting. What's that? So, so instead of like where you would usually focus, uh, so I'm gonna explain more of the game to talk about this too. Uh, so instead of following what would be considered a lattice line, which is all the connecting bases down one certain route, uh-huh. um, where you would usually either like do a hot drop in as infantry or slowly kind of push up with an armor supported. Uh, thing these containment sites pretty much add elements of all th- all the aspects of the game. Uh, there's three underground levels of fighting plus the top <laughs> top floor of fighting um, in this massive you know construct is what it is. Um, they added some stuff to get into the base like breaking 
you know, the containment center shields down. They added vents within the complex, so you could be, like, crawling around in vents. Um, with the outfit that I... The outfit is, like, your, your kind of guild or community group. The outfit that I played with, we did something stupid one night uh, where we all went in as infiltrators, which have cloaking ability, and we just ran around knifing people. <laughs> uh, it was actually hilarious. And it's the we, ghost knife! Yeah, it, it was hilarious, and we did get a couple of tells, uh, messages, that it's like, I have never been so terrified to see so many infiltrators uncloak at once. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like dudes walking down the hallway, and it's all of a sudden, ten dudes appear holding a knife in front of them. Oh yeah, it was exactly that. We all waited like it wasn't even our base. Like we were not supposed to be there. <laughs> type type of thing. Like cuz it wasn't even attached to one of our our combat lines, but uh we we all kind of just held one point and then whenever they come onto the point, we just like stab the shit out of them. It was hilarious. Oh, that's that's funny. Um so this is Planet Side Two. So, how old is Planet Side One? Did you oh, even man. play Planet Side One? That's a I didn't that play Planet Side One. A lot. Uh, there's a few members of my community that uh, played it. Like the outfit has been around since Planet Side One. Uh, I'm just trying to think when it came out. Do, do, do. <laughs> uh, Planet Side. Oh, that. That picture looks like it came out in 2003. 2003. Okay, so it was a. That's yeah, nine nine years nine year gap. So that means Planet Side Three is on its way, dude. Uh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I've heard nine rumors. years. <laughs> Time for the new one. <laughs> I've heard rumors that that's actually a thing, but they're still adding content into Planet Side Two. Um, so I, I don't think it's a big focus. If it, anything, it would be like pre-pre-production or production, uh, where it's kind of on the books, but not really. Yeah. Uh-huh. So you said this game is a first person shooter. Uh, does it, does it play like a proper shooter? Like easy, easy to control? Just got Yeah. 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 Uh, the basic controls are pretty standard. WASD point and click. Um, when you get into the more advanced elements of the game on you know weapons and shooting and vehicle combat and stuff uh there is a bit more to learn and even like i didn't even know a lot of stuff until i joined this outfit and we were talking tactics and stuff i'm like oh shit like uh i mostly do armor combat that's just my thing because tanks are cool um But, like, there's different hard points on vehicles. So, like, if you shoot them in the back, you do double the damage you normally would do than shooting them in the front plate. So they, they added uh, stuff like that into the game, which I find very unique and neat uh, for a first-person shooter game because most of the time, developers don't pay attention to that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's just shooty-shooty, go-boom. Yeah, shooty-shooty, go-boom. Nice. And who are the developers for Planet Side? I, I guess I should have asked that as well. Uh, Daybreak Games. Daybreak Games. Yeah. Okay, nice. Um, and so this uh, the team that you're a part of. Uh, talk, so give us some talk about some of uh, if, if you've got any other crazy stories, why don't you share them with us? Because I think oh, that's gotta... a, that's a big thing that'll probably draw people into this game. Who? Oh yeah. Okay. So, uh, I'm part of the six 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 Devil Dogs. Uh. Shameless self promo. <laughs> Join us. 
We want people. We like playing with people. Um, but uh, we, we, we do have a few crazy stories. That same night where we did the cloaked infiltrator thing, we did a cloak flash. Uh, flash is like your little quad bike. Okay. Uh, it, we, that, that's how we got into the base. <laughs> <laughs> so we had a bunch of people jump onto a quad bike, and we just cloaked in and got a whole bunch of road kills, and some people ended up in the bottom levels of the base. Don't ask me how. Wow. Wow. Um, yeah, sometimes the, the the fun thing about the game sometimes the physics do kind of break, and you can put your vehicles into places where they really shouldn't be. Oh, it's not game breaking. It's just it's like uh, it's like it's minor Skyrim, minor Skyrim because uh, it's not game breaking. All amount. Yeah, yeah, uh, definitely that. Uh, we the so there's this thing called a bastion, and essentially it's just like a giant like space aircraft carrier that jumps into orbit and that the outfits can build and utilize. Um, one of our guys, his name's Dees, shout out Dees, <laughs> uh, got a knife kill on the Bastion. So there's these hard points on the top and the bottom of the Bastion and you know you have to damage them and there's one, there's a couple of knives that do light armor damage. And he managed to get onto the bastion and stab the last hard point on the top. Oh my god! It was, it was nuts. So it's just like he stabs it, and the whole thing blows up while he's still on it. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In this massive, massive explosion. Wow. Yeah. And it's entirely multiplayer. Yep, entirely multiplayer. I mean, you can jump in and play by yourself against the other people that's fine uh but i, I do find the best experiences is when you're playing with a, a group of people for sure nice you get you get the crazy stories yeah i feel like this game is definitely like very one that's just shoot things there's there's not really from the sound of it there's not a whole lot to really lose in the game no, not really. Um, the only thing that you do lose out on, uh, the way they have the set, the campaign set up, which is I think is a little silly, but also makes sense on a development side. Uh, it's like if you're going through the campaign, you can't go back and redo. Like uh, if you miss the campaign timeline, you can't go back and redo it. Oh, gotcha. So it's a so, timed campaign? Yeah, so you have from this day to this day to do it, and then it's done. Huh. Yeah, that's kind of uh, definitely that's that's kind of shitty if people. And is the campaign entirely single player, or is that like like on the multiplayer servers and you just do certain things? Yeah, there's only multiplayer servers. Okay. Right? So, yeah, I uh, so you have objectives to do. Uh, yeah, I think most of them are possible to do by yourself. <laughs> gotcha. So yeah. So it's kind of uh, Fallout seventy six ish, where everybody's on do, could, you know, that could be doing the same type of missions, but they're all sick, yeah. But you're you know. you're all part of a faction, yeah. So you're all part of a, like the, an overarching team, yeah. Um and yeah, well, yeah. You get cool rewards and stuff for doing it too. Nice. So. And I'm assuming it's uh, not a free to play game, as you gotta pay some money to get the game. Haha, <laughs> that's where you're wrong, sir. Planet Side 2 is completely free to play. Really? Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, so well, they make means, their money. That means, it's, they make, that means it's a big download. Uh, Not as big as you think. Uh, Like, it would be comparable to some uh, modern day games. I'm just going to 
you know, check my files here. <laughs> uh, 15 gigs. Whoa. Okay, wow. Yeah, so I'm like, the, the graphics in the game aren't super intensive. Like, it's not like Warzone, where your entire... Super realistic, part, real violence, shooting humans. Where 80 gigs of the game is just your textures. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's not like that, it being as old as it is. It definitely looks clean uh, for being an older game, and like the updates that they've done. But they haven't done a huge like overhaul, so it isn't massively huge. Uh, but it looks very clean. It's very, it's very nice. Um, and the way they make their money is through like the in-game buys, like a lot of free-to-play games. Okay, so they're they're microtransactions in the game. Yeah, mi- microtransactions. But most of the stuff that, like I, ha- I don't even think I've bought anything in the game, because uh, a lot of it is either cosmetic stuff. Um, or like special weapons, which you don't really need, but they can be cool to have. Like yeah. what kind of what are, what are these special weapons? Uh, one I can think of off the top of my head is one of the rocket launchers. It's a that there, there, there's two variants. There's the decimator, which you can get just because. Um, and then there's a special one, and I forget exactly what it does. I think it might do a bit more damage or have a bit more range or something like that. But. And uh, this is actually the other question I was going to ask, completely forgot. Weapons, is it loadout-based, or are they just set weapons that you always use? How do you, How is that determined? Okay, so it's not... It's, your certain classes do have uh, kind of a specific weapon uh, that they get. So, like, your your heavies have a various amounts of, like, light, or light machine guns that or uh, other kind of rifles that the other classes can't use uh and vice versa uh then there's some that the, all the classes that can use but you you kind of build your loadout to how you want it uh so you get your primary your secondary weapon um and if you don't use the commissioner i don't like you <laughs> okay <laughs> it's a big it's a big ass revolver i love it <laughs> oh well i mean i like i do like pistol revolvers yeah um and then depending on your class you have your kind of special tools so me being an armor guy i'm usually playing engineer so i got my little nano repair tool for fixing my tanks cool um and then you got a couple other special abilities what are they called again implants yeah there we go implants uh they give you certain bonuses or whatever to to fit whatever kind of loadout you're trying to build um then you have to get resources to craft more implants to uh or upgrade those implants to add yeah and then your special items so like light assaults can have explosive c4 they have a jetpack type of thing which the tray if you've watched the trailer for planet side 2 uh the the, they make the light assault look really amazing, and that's how they feel. But really, they just kind of hover around and are a cancer to tanks. Oh, okay then. I don't respect light assaults very much. <laughs> <laughs> well, dang, you've maybe kind of convinced me to try this out once I get my PC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You should definitely give it a shot. Um, if you're not into FPSs, you probably will burn out real fast because uh, the, the 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 main the main combat can be kind of draining unless unless you're playing with like a group of people. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I'll definitely give it a try. Even though, uh, as my Borderlands stream have shown, I am not as good at shooters as I once used to be. Um. <laughs> this game, if you die a hundred times in a night, you still can have fun. Like, 
Okay. It's, it's not a game where, like, well, one KD really doesn't matter unless you're trying to be good. Get good, you. Yeah. And there's a lot of really good players in this in this game, but I mean, uh, tactically speaking, as long as you're kind of, you know, defending your objective, or, or if you're within a squad, following the squad leader, you'll have fun. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's good to know. Anything else you would like to add before we switch over to our second topic? You should play Planet Side. It's really fun, and we would like to grow the community. All right. Uh, well, that's Planet Side 2 and its discussion. It's now time to talk about what we teased a little earlier, Mass Effect. Mass Effect! So, Legendary Edition is now out. Do you own it yet, Wiggles? Oh, yeah. I bought it last night because <laughs> I got home. Uh, <laughs> excellent. So, when so when are you going to start? Have you started to play? Oh, well, you were streaming last night, so... When are you going to start uh, playing it? Uh, probably. I don't know if I'll get to it today. I have a lot going on today. Uh, but probably tomorrow, for sure. Nice. For sure tomorrow. I'm going to do some Borderlands 3 for stream, and we're going to do some Mass Effect for stream. So. Ooh, fun. Yeah. Um, next question I got for you. Uh, what are you looking forward to the most about playing Legendary Edition? Uh, I want to see how much they polished Mass Effect 1, because if if you've played Mass Effect, the series, uh, you'll notice how they change the UI every single game. Uh, and Mass Effect 1 is definitely the clunkiest. Though I really, really like Mass Effect 1, and I do like some aspects of like its uh, gameplay elements and stuff. Uh, uh, it's definitely a dated game. <laughs> Def- uh, yeah, definitely. I think of all three of them, Mass Effect 1 is the one that needs the biggest overhaul. As it usually goes for like most games that have like a trilogy, the first game usually needs the biggest uh update yeah um, so um be be interesting to see what they did there yes so uh yeah so what got you into mass effect to begin with let's let's because we're gonna talk i want to talk about mass effect and its whole legacy because obviously this is just a remaster of the original game so what got you into mass effect so I didn't start when Mass Effect came out. I didn't. My brother told me about it after Mass Effect 3 came out. And that's how I kind of got interested into it. And I started kind of looking at stuff. Um, and then I'm like, oh, this is cool. It's a space kind of RPG. I like space. I don't like RPGs. So, uh, yeah, that's what really got me into it. I bought Mass Effect 1 and I played it. I'm like, I love this game. Everything about it. I don't even think I had much of a complaint about Mass Effect 1 other than if you were jumping in at that time and not used to kind of the older UI that they were, like the user interface that they were using, uh, other than the clunkiness of it, I I really had no negative feelings to Mass Effect 1. It was a great game. Nice. And uh, the cool thing about the Mass Effect, the trilogy at least, is that what you do in one and who you save and who's alive and dead carry over to each other game. Yes. And th- that was a really cool element. Uh, I I like when p uh, when choices matter in RPGs is a big element that I really do like. Um, and I like it when they have a big effect on the game, not just like the small little effects. Like because if you screw up bits in massive, I say screw up because there's one bit that you could screw up, and then everyone has to hate you for it because you're a jerk. Um, but if if that happens in Mass Effect One, then Mass Effect two and three, it, it it affects. It's a it's a whole different character change, really. 
Yes. Yes, it is. And another thing about Mass Effect that uh, the the degenerates love about it uh, is uh, you can sleep with the aliens. Uh, yeah. Yeah, well, some of them. Some of them, yeah. Not all of them, but some of them, yes. I mean, I do like romance elements in games. Uh, it, it adds feel to it. It makes the character uh, to me. It makes the characters a little bit more realistic because you, you you don't just go around fucking shooting the entire galaxy and not feel <laughs> unless you're a sociopath. <laughs> well, 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 what if I am? What if I well, am one? Then, uh, well, don't. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't know how to respond to that. To be honest, <laughs> fair, fair, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it, it adds feel. Um, yeah, we could have an argument on the the raunchiness or risqueness of Bioware, but I think that's just been Bioware since Bioware's been a thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. And uh, this, of course, is the latest Mass Effect game uh, since Andromeda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Briefly talking about Andromeda. <laughs> Um, are there any things about Eng? Well, I mean, I don't think they'll. A lot of things will be implemented as they are mostly remakes. But anything like you would have liked to see impl- that was in Andromeda implemented with these three at all? Uh, Andromeda was a very different game. Yeah. So it's really hard to say. Uh. On a development side, it's, I believe, well, two totally different systems. So I don't think you could add a lot of what they did add in Andromeda, which was, they added, like, Andromeda's combat system was very more, much more intense, I would say. And I really did like that. That was one good aspect of Andromeda on how they did the combat, uh, on how mobile you had to be and whatnot. Or you could be, how mobile you could be, just based on how you did your character. It was it was very interesting, but I don't think the way Mass Effects one, two, and three are set up that you could implement that as well. It's more linear in uh, in gameplay than Andromeda is. Uh, Mass Effect one, two, three story is way better than Andromeda, so I can't even. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean that's that's a that's a that's a no, that's a no brainer though, like. The thing about, and I can rant about Andromeda all day, is the thing about Andromeda is they could have done so much more with it than they did. Absolutely. Like, the writing was shoddy at best. Uh, Character development was subpar. Like, it feels like some of the characters just don't have a personality. Or their personality is so, like, singular that it adds no depth. Yeah. So, I mean, like, yeah, there's not a whole bunch I can good I can say about Andromeda moving it from 1, 2, and 3 other than, like, yeah, your combat system was cool, the open-worldness aspect was really cool, and you, the graphics, obviously, are, like, they're very pretty. They're very pretty, but you, as long as you're not looking at someone's face. That was only at release. And, <laughs> yes, they do, des- and they do deserve all the hate for that. That was that was real bad. Then, but uh, I I just love yeah. that like after that flop, uh, the second they released the anthem trailer, they're like focusing on the guy's face, like, hey, look, face. 
<laughs> right. And now Anthem's a dead game. Yeah, Anthem is a dead game. I think they tried to tie Anthem it into the Mass Effect universe. What? Lore-wise, yeah. What? Uh, I'm but... sorry, what? Hold on a yeah. second. What the flying fuck? What is Bioware doing up here in Canada? Uh, I gotta see, because it was only a rumor that I heard, right? Okay. Don't, don't, don't yell confirmed. It better be a fucking rumor. If they fucking try to put Anthem in this... Like, Mass Effect is a fucking great series. Like, I've never played it, but I can respect it for what it is, and it's a great series. And the... Uh, Anthem is, uh... <clears throat> I have, uh, thoughts on Anthem, and boy, they're not pleasant. It's garbage. <laughs> it's a garbage It's a game. Destiny wannabe. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. And it's not good. That's another thing about it. It's just a Destiny wannabe that did do good because people were too busy playing Destiny. <laughs> Let's be yeah, real just... here. Let's, that's what happened. People were like, eh, I'm already playing Destiny. I don't want to play another one. And so they didn't. <laughs> Case closed. Uh, yeah, I think it might be based on how they're talking. I'm still uh, going to the Wikipedia article. Oh, uh, no. But kind of loosely. Loosely, it's in a far off. It's in a, a far off galaxy, far far away. Well, probably not. Yo, does that it's mean Star? Is that mean Star Wars is also part of Mass Effect? <laughs> well, it's in a different galaxy, far far away, so it could be. God, <laughs> yo, imagine every single space franchise. They're all connected because it's just a different galaxy. Just crossover episode exactly one crossover episode where we see all the space games and then it's a war and only there can only be one now, all those ships that you see uh flying around in space games those are just people playing eve online <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one uh last thing i want to ask next installment of mass effect whenever that may be what do you want to see? Do you want to see uh, like a follow-up to Andromeda? Do you want to see a fo it follow-up uh, Mass Effect, like a Mass Effect 4? What do you want to see? Uh, I would rather see a f I would rather see Mass Effect 4, which is in development. Uh, to stick in our galaxy, uh, there's a lot you could do with how they they set up our galaxy. I, di I really didn't like the fact that they went to Andromeda, like, it's a cool concept and all, but I'm like, you have so much storytelling elements here yet. Why would you want to just jump somewhere else? And you don't have to follow the whole Commander Shepard storyline, obviously. Uh, but seeing how... To me, it would be really cool to see what the developers had in mind for, like, the ending of Mass Effect 3, because they... You have multiple ways you, you can end the game, right? So each outcome is different. Um, if they made a game preceding, or not preceding, sorry, so, so, post succeeding. those events. Su yeah, succeeding. Su yeah. yeah, succeeding those events, it would be interesting to see what the what the, the writers and the developers had in mind for their, their true vision of the ending. Yeah, that would be definitely cool to see. And, you know, seeing like kind of like the new galaxy. The galaxy has basically been torn asunder so you, you have so much more room to develop a world yeah uh that being said don't let ea touch the game 
just don't. Yeah. And I know EA owns Bioware, but, but uh, like, if an EA exec comes to you, comes knocking on your door to say anything, just tell them to shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> just let EA be the publisher where they're just like, yeah, okay, we give you the stamp of approval and don't let them touch it and you're fine. No pushing deadlines, no no getting involved in the writing, um, and that's the biggest thing for me. Is I, I have the same criticism about movies, which I could go a whole nother tangent on. Um, writing is so important, and you need to spend a lot of time on it. I am fine waiting a couple of years for a game just for you to nail down the story. Yeah, definitely. Like, del- delays to me are no big deal. Yeah. I'd rather like, see a it, finished product than uh, a cyberpunk, like, sadly. Yeah, like that's unfortunate for cyberpunk. I think, like, to, for them, it wasn't story based, which was good, thank God. But it was definitely development based. Uh, they did have a lot of issues. So you know, if you need to delay your games, that's fine. Um, if you have a bunch, and this is just kind of a logistics thing, if you have a bunch of overworked developers trying to crank out content in a short window of time, the content's going to be subpar because you're overworking them. Like they're they're not going to have the heart and soul that they need to put into a game, which is an art form. So, you know, if you're going to make another Mass Effect game, which I would really, really enjoy playing, don't make it end up like Fallout 76 because that kind of destroyed the Fallout series franchise for me. I don't know if I will buy a new one. I mean, I didn't uh, touch 76. Until after release. Oh, I did. That was a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, honestly, like, if they could fucking... I don't, I don't know. Like, the world seems cool for 76. Like, you know, fucking West Virginia. I mean, I think they cleaned it up since then, so I would have to go back and play it. But when I first, like, the first release and the beta, it was... It was a hot mess. <laughs> yeah, I'll just stick to. I so. mean, I'm the next Bethesda game I'm probably gonna play is what is it? Star whatever. There's space one that they're working on. Yes, that that'll be cool. And I know they're working on an Elder Scrolls Six. Yep, that'll be dope. Mm-hmm. I'm ex- I'm uh, looking forward to that too. I'll play those, um, and I'll probably do the fucking torture that is platinum them because I did platinum Fallout Four and Skyrim. So. Oh, you're doing platinum. I might. We, I might. We, 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 we like to watch you squirm while you God. get those trophies. God. Hey, like, <laughs> hey, Fallout 4 wasn't that bad. It was just a lot of waiting for that fucking oh, yeah. 100, per, 100 happiness at the fucking settlement. No, uh, that's. Yeah, that one's hard to get. That one's hard to I don't even get. Think I, got, I don't even think I've gotten that Were one. Were you I, in I, the stream when I got that trophy? Uh, yes. It was. Yeah, I was at the fucking lighthouses, and it popped. I'm like, we're free! <laughs> Time to celebrate by going to the museum. Oh. The witchcraft museum. It's always a good trip to go to the museum. Yeah. You learn so much. Oh, look, the witchcraft museum. <laughs> Some dead bodies, a death claw. And all for subpar loot. And all for an egg. And I just take it back to the nest, because fuck that robot, man. Yeah. Robots are jerks. Yeah. Only Cog- Codsworth is the best robot. And Eve? Is that the other robot companion? Uh, There's a couple robot companions. There's Nick. Nick Valentine. Oh, yeah, Nick. He was pretty cool. I forgot about Nick. I forgot he's like a robot, but because uh, he's very. Then there's is it Marie? Marie, uh, Mary, yeah, 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 Curry, Curry. That was her name. Yeah, That's who Cheery, I was thinking. Yeah. 
Kiri. That's who I was thinking of. And then the build your own robot yeah. companion. Yeah. I love that. It's actually my favorite aspect of Fallout 4. I could get a whole thing. Uh, yeah. All right. I like RPGs. That will sum up my whole thing. <laughs> you like a lot of Western RPGs. I do. Now we got to really get do. you into the JRPG. They scare me. I mean, here's the thing. <laughs> Try out that free demo of Dragon Quest. Uh, it's it, 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 it once you get like initially like the one thing that like definitely like took me a little bit is that every every character it's like it's not American accents it's like British yeah Irish accents that all the characters have. Uh, uh, I don't think that I think the uh, the main reason I don't get into JRPGs is like, it would be the same thing that took me so long to get into Borderlands is the art style. Ah, uh, I mean, ha- have you ever watched an episode of Dragon Ball Z? And maybe once when I was once or twice when I was like seven. Did you like how it looked? Not really. Oh, well, shit. <laughs> well, shit. That's why I only watched one or two. Oh, shit. Well, shit. Then. Uh, 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 well, it, I, I've been getting into more more modern animes. Like uh, I like a few, so I'm like the art style slowly kind of influencing me a bit. Well, if so. you like the if you like the artistic styles of Akira Tomiyama, to, Toriyama, Tomiyama. Uh, let me, I gotta look up his name. I'm pretty sure I've said his name on the podcast before. I don't know if I've gotten it right. Akira Toriyama. Toriyama, gotcha. Because he's the artist for Dragon Ball. He also does all the art for the Dragon Quest series. Uh. Okay. So, if you like his artwork, you'll, it's easy to get into. Otherwise, it could be like a bit like, you know, very anime-ish. But like, it's very... Not like anime. It's very like medieval. That's like how the, the style of RPG is. So fair enough. Really cool. Um, yeah, I'll give it a shot. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, with that, anything else you want to add about Mass Effect before we head over to the bonus level? Oh man, I am so excited to play it this weekend. I'm going <laughs> binge the shit out of this game. <laughs> well, when we have you on the podcast again, we'll definitely follow up on uh, how it was. Oh yeah, I I will have like an eight page review. <laughs> eight like, page review. <laughs> Here is my paper about Mass Effect. It was really fun. <laughs> eight pages later, thank you for this was my essay. Garrus is Bay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, with that, then it's time for us to jump into the final segment of our podcast. We're going into the bonus level. Now accessing the bonus level. And this week on the bonus level, top five, the top five gaming snacks and beverages. What yeah. do we, what we, you can start us off with this? So uh, I totally suggested doing top five alcoholic beverages to uh, you know to play games with, and the the first thing I thought of sitting there sending you that message, well, you know, just finishing the exam that I was writing. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, was if you're not drinking rum while playing Sea of Thieves, you're doing it wrong. Ooh, that's a very, a very <laughs> good point. That's what you do with a drunken sailor, right there. Exactly. So, uh, but other than that, I, I think you know, obvious number one gaming gaming snack and bev is Cheetos and Mountain Dew. Come on, or cheesies. I'm like, I like cheesies, the the hard, crunchy ones. But... Yeah, I definitely prefer the the crunchy compared to like the puffy. Uh yeah, do you just want me to keep going? Yeah, it's five, it's a top five. 
Okay, okay. I didn't know if you wanted to come in and <laughs> It's a top us. five, dude. Give me all five of yours, <laughs> and I give you five of mine. That's how it works. Okay, so yeah, we got Cheesy's Mountain Dew. Uh, I, 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 When I play pirate games, I do drink rum. It just makes sense. Uh, I, When I play shooters, I drink a lot of vodka. Oh, <laughs> spicy. Uh, same with Rocket League. Like uh, My vodka anything really like i could have like a fancy cocktail um or or it'll just be like you know vodka and coke uh depending on how ambitious i am pre-gaming vodka is just spicy water yeah it's just spicy water (laughs) but you know don't invite jesus because he might think it's water and turn it into wine and then you just have a ruined glass of vodka which i mean i like wine but vodka is better yeah just saying um Oh, other other gaming snacks. I don't know. I'm a very like chips and dip person. So what's your go? I mean, well, I mean, you're obviously for chips and dip. The chip is obviously classic flavor, original, plain. What's your go to? Oh no, 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 sir. Whoa! You, you get salt and vinegar chips and that Philadelphia dill dip. Ooh, that shit is poggers. <laughs> <laughs> now that's poggers. <laughs> Uh, yeah, if I'm feeling fancy, I will do, like, shrimp. Shrimp? Dude. Really? Shrimp, shrimp while yeah. gaming? Yeah, well, it, it's easy. Like, No, are we talking, like, like, like uh, are we talking, like, going, like, a shrimp cocktail here, or are we, like, cooking it up and doing something with it? Like, how are we doing the shrimp, then? No, uh, I don't drink, drink shrimp cocktails. That seems really weird to put fish in your, in your beverage. Like, I know fish belong in water, but they do not belong in your drinking water. <laughs> Uh no, so you know how you get the like little little tray of shrimp or whatever yeah. at the store. Yeah, that, that that's something I will do from time to time. Uh, that or I I I, I can fry up shrimp. That's actually really good too. I would, yeah, if it was me, I would definitely do. I I prefer my shrimp fried, like deep fried. See, I don't deep fry like cause, uh when I make steak, I will sometimes make shrimp, so I'll pan fry the shrimp with the Ooh, steak. A little surfing turf action. Little surf and turf, yeah. Nice. Uh, so yeah, that that that's my classy ass. Uh, that's a cla- uh, that, That's what I'm playing. That's what I'm playing. Something very storage driven. Yes. Nice steak uh, and shrimp and a glass of wine. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> that's if I'm feeling like yeah, if I'm feeling first worldy. First worldy. <laughs> uh, what what's that? Is that four or is that five? Uh, shrimp chips dip vodka rum. Mountain Dew Cheetah. That's five. That's five. <laughs> All righty. Well, I guess it's time time for me. Uh, for me, at number five, uh, and people are going to hate me for this, but at number five, I put Mountain Dew and Doritos. Okay, that's also a good choice. That is a, that is, that is a good choice. The classic gamer combo, that's my number five. Uh, at my number four, the other classic gamer, com- uh, gamer drink that's popped up, G Fuel. Never had it I myself, had... but I would put it at number four. Uh yeah, I haven't had G Fuel. Uh, uh, I, and, I know and, it's an energy spe- drink. Specifically, so. the gamer flavors. So the Crash Bandicoot Wumpa Fruit one and the Sonic Peach Rings. Yeah, that tells me nothing about how they actually taste. <laughs> I'm assuming the peach one. Tastes I mean, like if you peach, if you but... want, if you would like a good review, uh, I would highly recommend our good friend DJ Orange Man, who has done some taste tests of some G Fuel. Yes, I. I'm pretty sure I caught that video, but I have to go rewatch it. Um, I don't remember. Uh, for me, I don't really snack when I'm gaming, but when I do, these are my top three. At number three, um, there's this at Costco. 
there's this container of nuts, mixed nuts. And there's also these little pretzel sticks in there. Or sesame sticks, that's what they are. Really good. That's my number three. Ooh, that is that that that's nice. Uh, I like those. And it's it's like a bunch it's like it's got peanuts, it's got cashews, pistachios, almondos. It's like a trail mix. Yes. Except you're not on a trail. Exactly. So it's just a mix. <laughs> uh, at number two, popcorn. Love. I like. I'm like when I snack because I stopped eating chips a long time ago. I barely eat chips chips now, and when I do, it's maybe like a small bag. Like that's probably the healthier choice. Yeah. So popcorn is like my go-to snack now of when I do snackaroni and cheese. See, I have a love-hate relationship with popcorn because popcorn is really bad for my like with my teeth. It gets stuck in there. All oh, the absolutely. Time. Yeah. So I'm just like super pissed about it the whole time. <laughs> you see, after I eat popcorn, I'll usually floss afterwards because. <laughs> Uh, it it, it, can be, it depends on like how bad it gets, obviously, but yeah. And uh, my number one gaming snack slash beverage, water. Uh that no, that's actually a good. Yeah, one. you gotta hydrate. But I I stopped drinking alcohol, so legit water is like all I drink now. Uh, yeah, it's not on my list of top gaming, but I always have a container of water at my desk. You gotta you gotta stay high as. Twitch and Reddit have taught me you gotta stay hydrated. You gotta stay hydrated, and if you actually are trying to be healthy, drinking a shit ton of water is good for you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, that's top five this week. It was a very fun. It was a very wild topic. Uh, but it was that was a good. That was it was just just. I definitely, if I do decide to drink again, I'll play some Sea of Thieves and drink some rum. That's, yeah, that well. that sounds like fun. I'm not here to encourage drinking. We're not, yes, but if drink, you do drink. also drink res- <laughs> drink responsibly. I should probably yeah. put that since we're talking alcohol. Drink responsibly, and if you're, and only drink if you're of legal age in your country. Yep, yep. All good things to follow, people. <laughs> uh, moving on then to this week in gaming history, from May 17th to May 23rd. Here's what went down on the 17th in 2011. L.A. Noir is released for the 360 and PlayStation 3. On the 18th in 2010, Red Dead Redemption is released for the 360 and PlayStation 3. On the 19th in 2017, Fire Emblem Echoes Shadows of Valentia is released on the 3DS in North America, my favorite Fire Emblem game of all time. On the 20th, 2014, Wolfenstein The New Order is released. On the 21st, 2001, the GameCube is given the price of $199. And then, a year later in 2002, same day, the GameCube price is lowered to $150 US dollars. Which, I find that hilarious with the side I'm on. I'm like, no way, they both happened on the same day. It was obviously planned. Was it, though? Was uh, it? Yeah. Yeah. I don't believe in that kind of coincidence. That seems like a good marketing tactic Okay, to me. fair enough. Uh, on the 22nd in 2000, Perfect Dark is released for the N64 in North America and Europe. And on the 23rd in 2010, Super Mario Galaxy 2 is released for the Wii in North America. And that's This Week in Gaming History. Feeling nostalgic? Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, a little bit. I played L.A. Noir, Red Dead Redemption, and Wolfenstein. Nice. Like, basically all at release, so. 
It's been. Yeah. I'm old. <laughs> God, I'm old. My bones. Uh, My twenty-six-year-old bones hurt. Uh, uh, the achievement of the week this week is Mass Effect Legendary Edition Long Service Medal, which is to complete Mass Effect One, Two, and Three with the same character. I really hope to God no one's got that achievement yet. The game's been out for a day. The ga- yeah, that. the game's been out for a day, and there are three games. <laughs> I mean, even if you blitz blitz through it without doing any of the side quests or worrying about character content, I still don't think you could do it in a day. Yeah, it'd be interesting. <laughs> Speed run. Vroom. <laughs> massive. There's probably a massive. Oh, there's the there. problem. There's probably definitely is. <laughs> The game to look out for this week is Knockout City. Uh, I like dodgeball, so probably going to give that a try. And let's check in with Mike for this week's chicken update. Anybody with the last name Mungus, please name your kids Hugh and not uh. Thanks for that update, Mike. Thanks for coming on the podcast, Tyler. Thank you for having me. Where can we find you on the internet? Oh, you can find me at so many places. Uh, primarily, uh, and well, semi-primarily now uh, on Twitch, sla- twitch.tv slash Sir Wiggles the Great. Um, I'm also being much more active on Instagram and TikTok as I work away from home a lot now. So you can find me on those at Sir Wiggles the Great as well. Um, and is that it? Oh, well, so you can probably pop into my Discord too. Uh, Sir Wiggles Imperium. Uh, you can find the links uh, available on the Twitch site and stuff for all of that. Uh, that, that. That's primarily where I'm at. Excellent. And of course, you can find myself over at Tony's Game Lounge on Twitch and Instagram and at Radio Tony on Twitter. I, too, also have a TikTok, but I legit have barely posted anything. Uh, I love TikTok. TikTok's great. It's stupid fun. It's interesting, to say the least. As as long as you don't go down the rabbit trail, TikTok is fun. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Thank you once again, Tyler, for coming on. It's always a blast to have you on the podcast. It's always a blast to be here, Tony. And thank you, the listener, for tuning in this week. We will see you next week right here in the Game Lounge. Bye. Thank you for listening to Tony's Game Lounge. You can find all social media links in the episode description. Be sure to follow the podcast on your streaming platforms for new episodes and follow Tony's Game Lounge on Instagram, Twitter, and Twitch for weekly updates.